What's going on, Sabres fans? Welcome to episode two of the Sabres Spotlight Podcast with your host, Matt, and Ryan. Ryan, you want to say hi to the peeps? What's going on, everybody? Not too much. Very excited to be back for our second ever episode. And we got a we got a lot on the docket today. It should be a pretty loaded episode. We're going to go through just our introduction here. We got some Sabres news updates that we want to talk about. We've had a couple preseason games to date. Uh, just so everyone knows, this is Wednesday. We're recording this, so the 27th. So we've had – well, the Toronto game just finished up. We're not going to talk about that today, though. Right. Um, but we'll maybe get to that in the next episode. But we'll talk about the first couple games there, Capitals, Boston. Some news that we'll talk about with the Sabres. Then we're going to get into our division breakdowns here. So the plan tonight, we'll talk through the Western Conference. And we'll go through our winners and some projections that we have for, for each side there. But – Ryan, why don't you go ahead and uh, get started, and you know what's been? Just give us a quick update. What's been going on? What's new? Well, you know, not much. Just another week of hard work at my job, and you know, I'm in a I'm in a beer league, and we just had our first game um, about t- ten days ago, and uh, I separated my shoulder first shift, so that was not fun. Uh, the it came out and then right back in, and uh, I think I might be out of commission for a little while with a MRI coming up, and at my age, I should not be getting hurt at hockey, so I'm just a little bit dis- disappointed here. You pulled a, a Matt Savoy? Uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like me and Savoy have a similar injury right now, which is kind of annoying and weird at the same time. Well, uh, you know, that's unfortunate, but luckily you, you have a, a PT recorder right I know, next to you I know, I <laughs> know. What's up with you, man? Not too much, not too much. Let's see, last time we recorded on whatever it was, Friday or Saturday, so uh, daughter had soccer over the weekend. That was a bunch of fun. She plays just a half hour. For the listeners out there, my daughter's only two, so uh, it's not too much of an organized thing, but we do about a half hour on Saturdays, and uh, well, I sent you a Snapchat the other day. I yep. was teaching her her, uh, her goal celebrations and uh, how to brag so uh hopefully oh, yeah. yeah she's gonna be pumping some goals in there soon but she is uh she's the next rose lavelle <laughs> no it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun but other than that not too much i mean middle of the week here so just been working i got a day off tomorrow with the little one so i'm excited for that and uh yeah i mean the the content's been coming hot and heavy because the sabers have been you know five games this week so it's been a lot to pay attention to and, and keep up with but let's go ahead and get into it actually you know what before we do that, we want to touch on the Bills real quick. Yeah, sure. Why not? Because we, we, we were talking about this a little bit off air. We got a little kind of debate with, with Dorsey here, and we want to kind of lay this out a little bit for the, the listeners and, and see who's on whose side. But quick recap, we won't take too much on this, but we do want to make sure we incorporate all the Buffalo sports teams on here. Uh, Bills, what, 37-3, so yep. big win over the Commanders. Dominating. Yeah, just total domination. Uh, close for a while. Yeah. 16 nothing at half. I think it was actually 16 nothing going into the fourth, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, for as great as the defense played, the offense wasn't clicking, I feel like. And it is concerning, but I don't think it's the offensive coordinator like some people do <laughs> in the room right now. But Well, we'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, I you know, I it's one of those things where, like, the Bills, they they the last couple years especially, they've taken care of these teams they should beat for the most part. They haven't had many, many disappointing wins. And I mean, the last couple of weeks, you got a couple big blowout wins, you know, where you felt like 
there wasn't a whole lot of competition from the opponents. So they took care of their business. And, uh, well, let's let's get into this uh, right here real quick before we start. Because I also have a, a hockey-related question that I'm going to surprise you here with okay. when, as it comes to this. Because I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But I, I'm taking the stance here today of, I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big Dorsey guy, and I know Dorsey's a hot topic, and you know Bills Twitter, Bills X, you know social media. X, life. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna try and get that in every show at least <laughs> once. But so so you know how I feel about that. I just it seems like things are a little bit too hard at at times, and I know we're putting up points and whatnot, but we'll we'll always agree to disagree on this. But I'm putting it out there for everyone now. I'm I'm on the side of not a big Dorsey fan. I don't know. I don't know if he is hurting us a whole bunch, but I think he can do a little bit more with what he's given. So I'll let you, I'll let you take the floor here. Well, my, my guess my rebuttal for anti-Dorsey's is that the anti-Dorsey fans were also anti-Brian Dable. And yeah, I was that too. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, at some point, you know, there are a ton of – just like we'll talk about um, all the guys that cover the Sabres for the media and for, you know – projects like ours and projects that have blown up a lot over the last couple of years, there are smart people out there that also cover the bills. And when you look at guys coming open a lot on passing downs and the way we're running the ball, I just, I don't know. Some part of me just feels like sometimes the onus is on the players to execute. I mean, it's fair. It's definitely fair. We, we won't, we won't rehab. We won't hash no, this out too to much. I want to intro this. We'll, we'll what's probably your, uh, talk about this going forward too, what, but what's your uh, hockey tie in here? Oh yeah. Okay. So so here's the big hockey question when it comes to this, and I'm actually interested in what you what you answer to this because this is something you don't hear a lot. So when it comes to football, I mean, you have if teams are are doing bad, you're looking at three main things, right? So head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Right. Every season, there's whatever five, six head coaches that are fired. How many OCs or, or defensive coordinators are switching? So. You don't, but when it comes to hockey, you don't get that. So, like, if say, uh, or maybe you do, but but in my experience, you don't get this a whole lot. Where say the PK is doing bad, like someone's in charge of that. Oh yeah, you know, they're special sure. teams coordinators. Yep. But a lot of that in the hockey world, and maybe it's just been like this forever. You don't necessarily hear fans or media, whoever, necessarily questioning the special teams coordinators, I don't think, you know, who's running the PK or things. It seems like it's a little bit more on the players yeah, it's, in hockey. It's a pretty valid point. I mean, we barely know who runs the special teams for the Sabres. Like, I'm not even really sure. Um, it could be me for all you. Know. <laughs> like, I know, like, they have video coaches and guys upstairs and guys behind the bench. But you are kind of right that, like, that isn't as publicized as it is in football, and that's very interesting because when you talk about like systems and stuff, it really is like teams in the NHL hiring a coach that brings in their system and hires their assistants. But I, how do they delegate special teams? Like that, that is a very interesting thing. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that uh, a little bit more today when we when we crunch the numbers with some of these teams that made the playoffs last year. But like, uh, obviously, special teams in. Hockey means a lot, you know. If you, I mean, Edmonton had a historic power play last year. Uh, I mean, these the penalty kill is, is, you know, there's correlations between that that percentage. You know, I think being over 80 and making the playoffs. So like, there's it's an important aspect of things, but it's not it's not as a, a critical on the coaches when right. it comes down to it as it is in, in say the the NFL world. And if you watch other teams, like 
our penalty kill the last couple of years, I know that that's been a hot button topic because either we're not getting saves and that's on the goalies or the structure and the guys on the penalty kill have just been, it's just not good. And people have been calling for change for the structure of the penalty kill for a couple of years now. And from what I've seen, they are changing the structure of the power play, but they've also retained all of their assistant coaches. So I'm unsure if they looked in the mirror that something they were doing was wrong. And, you know, they brought in guys to kill penalties. I mean, they brought in Eric Johnson for a reason specifically to kill penalties, I'm assuming. So it'll be quite interesting to see how we handle our penalty kill and power play this year. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see because that's an area where if the Sabres themselves can improve, I mean, that, that will help out a whole lot. I just find it funny that I watched a whole season of Sabres hockey last year, pretty much every single game, and the, the penalty kill was pretty bad for most of that season and I never once said like oh like the penalty kill coordinator especially the coordinator <laughs> like but I watch the very first game of Bill's football this year and I'm blaming Dorsey after the second drive it's just so funny how that works uh, I agree that's that is a very interesting conundrum but anyways so that's that's our quick Bill's update there big win 37 to 3 we got a huge game coming up against the Dolphins I'm actually going to be there where I'm not going to the game Tickets are way too expensive, but uh, but I will be uh, tailgating there uh, with my work, so that'll be fun. So we'll we'll be heading to the game for a little bit, and then heading to my parents after to watch it. But back on the winning side of things, two and one, but don't want to go down zero and two in the in the division. We got to get get a division here, right. uh, a division win here, and the, the Dolphins and the way that both teams played last week, it's just uh, it's a it's a it's a big game that everyone wants to see. All right. So well, I think now's the time we talk about Buffalo's fun team. Absolutely. The Buffalo Sabres. (laughs) So Sabres started training camp. It's progressed now into the preseason. We've had two preseason games. Uh, First game, 3-2 shutout win over the Capitals. Uh, That was kind of unfortunate timing because that was on during the the Bills game. So I I did watch it. Did you you catch Uh, it? No. Honestly, I got to tell the listeners here, I did not watch, but I did try to find as many highlights as possible on, on Twitter. I know that's not like the best thing, but hey. We were a little busy that day. Schedule makers, what are you doing? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, at least there was an hour staggered, you know, so you could watch the, the third. Right, right. But um, I, w- I thought it was supposed to be on MSG, but it wasn't. So yeah, it was to, odd. It yeah. was different, difficult finding the game. So you had to use the, the feed on, on the website. I don't know if there was other sources or not, but I did have it on. I was kind of going back and forth between the two. The nice thing about it was that the Bills kind of had a comfortable lead the whole time, so I, I really didn't have to be plugged into the, the Bills game as much as I could. So I did watch a fair amount. Uh, we had so there so Comrie got the first two periods in that, Tukarski got the third, and then he got he eventually got the the win in the shutout as well. Uh, I thought I thought Comrie did fine uh, from what from what I saw, uh, but I guess that's yeah, to be he expected. Right. I mean, he's he's fine, I guess. Yep, shootout win, whatever. Yeah, Tukarski looked fine when he went in. I mean, he'll probably be in the rotch anyways. You know, yep. but that's uh, it's good to get those guys some experience. Uh, Washington, it seemed like they were playing a lot of their prospects as well. They didn't have too many of their big names in there. But we got goals from Benson, Krebs, uh, JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paterka was a breakaway. I think I believe Krebs and, and Benson might have both been tip-ins. Uh, but what do you what do you think about you know, game number one there? Any takeaways for you as far as like who who you were were high on, who you maybe thought didn't play as well? Any any thoughts there? From what I've, I didn't see much, but I I cannot stop watching Zach Benson play hockey. I mean every shift. Uh, in this game and in the Boston game, he's just so noticeable. And to be an 18-year-old, and I get it, it's preseason. There's other teams' prospects. It's not the big do- the big dogs out there. But 
just the, the way he plays, you can tell that it's going to translate when he fills out or if he gets his nine games this year. We'll see. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for him. I'm I'm glad to see JJ get on the board there because uh, I, he's he's a player that I'm excited for this year, especially with Quinn being down. You know, for those first few months, yep. um, you know, most likely being away for those first few months, uh, he's someone we're, we're going to need to step up. And and I thought I thought he was hot and cold last year. He had good streaks. He had cold streaks. Yeah. But the hot streaks were good. Definitely. And so if he can, you know, if he can hit the ground running here. Then uh, and you know build some momentum early on, then then that's good. You know we're going to need him to to take a, a little step here, uh, and I, and I think we'll get it. But he had a nice he had a nice breakaway. Uh, it missed on the initial shot and then kind of banked it in on on the rebound. But a good play to kind of you know keep him with the play and, and eventually find it in the net. So as we get into, I want to touch on Benson real quick too because you mentioned him. I'm I'm interested to see because it's, it's preseason, so there's not, it's not as physical, and and he's a, a smaller guy like Krebs, so mm-hmm. he seems like he's he can use the weight that he has pretty well. Yep. And he's, he seems strong with his stick, uh, with his like four checking and back checking things. But I just, I, I want to, I want to see him in like playing against the big guys and a little bit more physical. Cause I'm wondering if, if his, him being undersized will, will lead that. Like we saw Krebs struggle at times last year, although, I mean, he's not going to back down from a fight, you know, Krebs. So, but it'll be interesting because I think he is playing really good right now in this four, one win against Boston in the second game here. Uh, on Tuesday, he he looked good as well. He had that nice uh, no look assist oh, over beautiful. Skinner. So I so I, I like what I'm seeing from him. His anticipation is good. Uh, his he's like I said he's strong on the puck, and I just I'm hopeful that as we get into you know if if he if we do get him up for you know seven games or whatever that uh, we can see some of that him him you know shoulder some of that physicality in a, in a positive way as well. What was interesting to me about the Boston game and Zach Benson was that he forechecked Matt Grizzlick, who's been in the NHL for quite a while now. Um, smaller player, but still, he stripped him of the puck, and that led to a scoring chance. And then he, on the forecheck, he had the anticipation to block a pass and feed it to a guy for another scoring chance. And also, I noticed him backchecking, and I and I get that, um, you know, he's 18 years old and wants to make an impression out there. But his just dog-on-a-bone mentality goes... From blue line to blue line, from red down, from red line down to red line. Honestly, um, he just—I'm just super excited about him. I cannot believe that he felt the 13th overall. Yeah, and it is—it is so funny uh, seeing a Benson highlight that's that's tweeted out there, like a nice little play that he did, and then the entire timeline is just quoted with people from you know around the NHL saying, "How did uh, Zach Benson fall to the Sabers at 13?" I can't like—I can't believe that we let them get him, and it is—it's <laughs> very nice. Do you, do you think he's like Amon Ross St. Brown and knows all 12 players that were picked before him? <laughs> he might be. He's got that dog mentality, so he might have it written down and staffed in his locker somewhere. So there's a little bit of a deeper discussion to be had here when it comes to Benson. I want to get into your thoughts on, like, Savoy. Obviously, the injury is is kind of, you know, bad timing or poor timing for him. He was looking phenomenal in the prospects challenge. Right. But, you know, I think most, most Sabres fans and, and media, you know, Benson making the team this year was a bit of a stretch, but there's no denying that the way he's playing right now, he's certainly making a case for it. Savoy was one of those players everyone wanted to see and thought, you know, maybe there's a realistic chance that he makes the team this year. So what do you think, you know, put on your GM hat here, I guess, like, do you think one has an advantage over the other? Do you think it's realistic for any of these guys to to make the team uh, well, you know, early on in the season here? In that discussion between those two players, you have to include uh, Roseanne and Kulik in there because they can get sent to the AHL without waivers and Savoy and Benson 
it's either NHL or back to junior hockey in the Western Hockey League for them. So I do feel like if any if anything happens, one of those four, I doubt Savoy makes an impact at this point due to his injury, which is unfortunate because he's older than um, Zach Benson, and I wanted to see how he would do. But between the three remaining guys, you'll probably see um, Benson get the best shot at winning a, a job just because it's either NHL or junior for him. So he'll get his nine games or his, even if they think it's, you know, if he's not doing well after five games, I'm unsure how many games Sam Reinhart played um, after his draft. I don't think he even made it to nine games. And that was, it was very obvious that he was not ready for the NHL game. And they sent him back to uh, ironically the same team um, that Benson is, was on. They did move to Wenatchee, but it is, it was the Kootenai ice. And uh, he bulked up over that one season of junior, and then he was here. So I can see a similar path for him. Yeah, that would um, make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have. They got they got all these young prospects that are, are playing really good. Uh, just recapping that 4-1 win uh, against Boston a little bit more. Goals were uh, Skinner, Stillman had a slap shot from the, the blue line. Riley Stillman, man. He's got a sick nose piercing. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked fine. Uh, Brandon Biro, um, he scored in the in – the, Oh, he scored in the shootout. He had the shootout goal in the yeah, first game, right. and then he scored in that second game as well. So, right. and then uh, Cedarquist had the empty netter. But we got to uh, we got to talk about Devin Levi. Yeah, what did what did you think about Levi? Because we I think we both watched this game the most yeah. out of out of any game. So what did, what did you think? You know, shot out through two periods, nineteen saves. He had a lot of sequences where he was calm, calm among the storm. I would like to say where like there's a little bit of chaos in front of him, and he just he's so quick. He's like a cat, and it's just. I might be just kind of accepting that he's good. Like, through all historical data, there's not many goalies that make the jump from college to the NHL no, as not, a 21-year-old. He's he's basically a child in goalie years. Um, but he, man, he just looks so impressive all the time. Yeah, I thought he looked. I thought he looked great. I mean, he he looked like he looked last season. I I, I felt which is nice. You know, I just felt like I was watching the same guy, which is a testament to his routines and you know how he approaches each game and things but I thought he was active in the net he was quick anticipatory uh, so it seems like he's kind of picking up right where he left off and yeah I'm excited for it. I think the biggest question for him and I'm sure we'll talk about this more as the, the preseason goes on here is just you know what workload can he handle and how much can we give him and and there's still question marks at the other goalie positions of course but I mean you can't complain with two shutout periods in the first I just uh, I just can't wait to, to see him again you know so I don't know when he's going to get the next start, but probably within the next game or two, and I'm ready for that. Absolutely, man. All right, so those are the two games, and uh, we did we did have a third game played tonight. Just finished up about an hour ago. Uh, I think I believe it was a five two loss to the yeah. Leafs. You know, we're not going to get into that one too much on here because, well, screw Toronto. So whatever. <laughs> we didn't really play anybody. I mean, we played Power Cousins and Olsen, and that was pretty much it off the big team. So I mean, not really much to take from that. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of prospects in there tonight, um, but I'm gonna so I'm gonna give I'm gonna let you take the lead on this because one other thing that you know we really want to touch on is all this Patrick Kane buzz. There's rumors about the Sabers being interested in Kane. Apparently, he's working out in Toronto right now, rehabbing the hip. And I know I I got some thoughts on this too, but I know you got some strong thoughts as well. So let's let's hear what you have to say. I'll I'll chime in after. But Man. Patrick Kane to the Sabers, yes or no? Man, I could not be more anti-Patrick Kane to the Buffalo Sabres. It makes no sense. He's 35 years old, coming off 
hip resurfacing surgery. So, like, what? Did they take a hacksaw to his hip and just grind it down until they fixed it? Like, I cannot do this. You, he has been horrible defensively his entire he, he looked, career. He looked tough last year in the playoffs he, with the Rangers. And I, he wasn't really driving offense that well either, and I get he was injured. But, man, we just don't need him. We have guys that can step in. We're really kind of just biding time until Jack Quinn comes back from his injury, and then the top six is set. And are you really going to put Patrick Kane on the third line? I, I, a smart team would. I would be honest, a smart team would do that because maybe he does recapture that that buzz that he once had, but I, I, I doubt it. But I, I'm a little worried that our team would say, oh, Patrick Kane, you're playing with Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson, and we're going to demote Alex Tuck. And I, I that is so stupid to me not to mention all of the off ice stuff that has happened with Patrick Kane in his career I get it he was young for the cab thing but I can't overlook the fact that that entire organization covered up the Kyle Beach thing in 2010-2011 and there's no way that these players did not know what was going on it just bothers me that no one has ever really came out in support of him like a couple former teammates but you have not seen Jonathan Taze say anything negative about his time in Carl and uh, Chicago or Patrick Kane, and I really cannot overlook that. I, I don't want to root for this guy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, I just think it seems like a move the old Sabers would do. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Or like this, just it makes me. It gives me. Bill signing to vibes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I'm with you there. I think in in my biggest complaint or you know negative negative thought about this whole you know experience and, and rumor is just the fact that we got all these young like is there a room on the roster right now who are you going to move are you going to switch around things too much to accommodate him and the goal right now like Kevin Adams has been saying forever is and Granado letting these young kids play and, and if you if you get Patrick Kane he's obviously not like he was in the prime of his career uh, are you going to feel pressure to play him on those top lines? And, and who are you taking time away from? Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a year for our kids that took steps last year to hopefully take another step and see who else can, can take in that next step. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely against this. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't. I think, no. I think he'll end up signing somewhere if there's an injury or whatnot or who's ever going to give him the most money. I kind of feel like that's where he's at in his career. I right feel now. like he's perfect for, like, a Vegas like a team that has like I get we have great culture but they're like a bit a bit older they already got their cup let him, let him just stay out west and see what he can do there but another thing with him is is um we're already probably going to regularly scratch Victor Olsen like I'm assuming right now that Victor Olsen is going to be the 13th forward as much as he doesn't want to be and he scored 28 goals last year we have guys that provide more things than just goals and I feel like that third line is going to be a long jam of some combination of like Jost, Greenway, Middlestat. And then the fourth line was the fourth line last year with Gergensen's, Krebs, and Oposo. Right. So I don't see a spot for Victor Olofsson. And you got Lucas Rusek too, who he might be the 14th forward if we carry 14 forwards. And then we talk about one of the other kids making the team. So like Benson. There's just no room for a Patrick Kane on this team. Yeah, it's uh, like we said before. It's it's a good problem to have, but it just uh, this seems like an, an unnecessary risk. And uh, Kevin Adams and Donnie Donnie Meatballs they've done they've done good so far. And uh, this would just 
seem a little bit off character, maybe a little bit of a reach, and uh, it it's also, not something that we need right now. It also makes me feel like the organization, like the the tie-in to Kane, is a bone to Kane's agent Pat Brisson, uh to get his client's name out there in um, exchange for let's get Owen Power signed up, baby. Come on. Yeah, I mean that that is interesting, but yeah, I mean I don't know what I don't know what we're waiting on there, but that kind of leads us into our next topic here, not necessarily on power, because I don't know that's not that's not as necessarily urgent as as dolls. I oh, guess yeah. we want to get we want to get Dalene in and and like we were saying last time, it doesn't necessarily have to happen before the season starts. Uh, Kevin Adams has shown that he'll he'll do these during the season. Dalene spoke on it and he said, you know, I'm gonna let the agents take care of that. I'm focusing on hockey. Doesn't seem like there's you know too much. Uh, nervousness on on each side or doubt that it's going to happen but you know you sent me there was a, a tweet after the whistle you know Andrew I think it was Peters Andrew right Peters, yep. you know Peters tweeted out uh, about Darlene wanting a, a five-year extension instead of you know what we all assumed was going to be kind of the typical long-term eight-year extension so what do, what do you think I mean I I certainly have my thoughts but let's start with you what do you what do you think about this I certainly want him locked up for eight years it uh this new age nhl i mean i we just saw austin matthews sign for five years and as we know the nhl cap is hopefully going to go up so as player empowerment becomes more of a thing i definitely see these guys taking shorter term deals in order to cash out later in their career but if we did sign darlene to an eight-year deal he would be 31 years old at the end of his deal and the rumor was eight years and 10.5 per. I feel like that's perfect. I mean, Andrew Peters has come out with three other, uh, I guess you could say, like insider things where he said today on the podcast um, that Darlene wants four years and 11 million. I, I don't know. I don't believe that at all. I think really, I think like 90% of me thinks he's getting an eight-year deal. But it does scare me a little bit that it's taken this long. Yeah, I think this is tough for me because... If I, I think if I was a player, I'd want a five-year deal. Oh, that, exactly. You know, so it just makes too much sense financially with with the prospect of the cap, you know, likely going up. And it's, I mean, it's it's the Austin Matthews thing, you know, like, is this the effect of it? You know, like if if Matthews didn't sign yet, would Dunlin already be locked up for eight years? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Is Matthews setting this trend? But it just makes too much sense to him to take a five-year deal and then he can – you know, cash in a second contract in another five years. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I actually, my my guess is that they're going to lock him in for eight years. But I can see where him as a player would want the five. Yeah. You're risking injury, of course, but that's hard. That's really hard to predict. So I I don't know. I, I I can see him wanting five, but I do think the eight years is going to get done. Yeah, I'm glad that we share the same optimism. Yeah, and and let's just let's get that done as quick as we can, and then move on to power. You know, those guys, I just want them locked in as much as I can. Owen Power is going to be a beast this year. I'm just, I can't wait to, to watch him play. It's so nasty, man. Alrighty, so that's I think that's it, right? For yeah, Sabers for, for news that. for for right now, uh, we'll get into our conference breakdown here. So we're gonna do, uh, we got some some talking points here. We're gonna go through, you know, who we think is gonna make the playoffs. Uh, we'll go through just you know major moves made at each. You know what, what our thoughts are about how they did last year, what what we're expecting this year. Uh, I'm gonna lead the discussion on the Pacific, so we'll we'll start there, and uh, and then next week we'll get into the East. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that sounds and, like a great plan. Figure out you know where we got the Sabers kind of projected in there. But yeah, we had to uh, we had to do the Atlantic last to get you guys listening to a couple episodes here. <laughs> 
but it'll be good. It'll be it'll be good because we'll we'll have a little bit a couple more Sabres games to to talk about. Hopefully some some news on these extensions or whatnot. But yeah, I'm excited to do the East next year because I I don't know. I got I think the Sabres are are looking good as far as where they are uh, in right. the division. But you ready to uh, talk some Pacific Division? Yeah, let's do it. So Vegas last year was the winner, of course. Uh, they not only won the conference, but they went on to win the Stanley Cup, as we all know. So 111 points, 51, 22, and 9. Uh, defense uh, was a strong suit of theirs. So 272 goals, 4, and 229 points against. So plus 43 on the goal differential. So uh, 3.3 goals, 4, and 2.8 goals against. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. If you can get metrics like that, then you're you're looking to be you know in a good spot. They're returning most of the team from last year. They didn't make many many big moves. Traded Riley Smith to Pittsburgh, and then they re-signed their goalie Aiden Hill uh, for Ivan Barbashev. So I, you know, like, but most of the teams coming back with Vegas, and for them that's fine. I mean, they did it last year, so it it might it makes sense to just kind of run it back and see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, like you said, defense. That defense is incredible. All of their defensemen are massive with a long reach. I mean, they're just they're they're excellent at puck retrievals. They're excellent at, at breaking the puck out. Um, man, Aiden Hill came out of nowhere yeah, last year. I mean, because Thompson he was, started off so hot. Yeah, he was like an early Calder. Well, he, is he rookie? Was he? Um, I believe. Yeah, I, think I he, believe he, he was a Calder candidate. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. So he was kind of early in the talks for that. Yep. Uh, he got hurt, I believe. Yeah, and then Aiden Hill came in in the playoffs. Well, I know, well, but uh, Robin Leonard was supposed to be yeah. their their original goalie, and he, you know, he's battling his issues and whatnot, and didn't play last year. But man, Aiden Hill just coming in, and it, I have this before uh, we <laughs> are jumping on Devin Levi and how much we love him. I used to be someone that thought that goaltending kind of didn't matter if you had a big team in front of him, but dude, Aiden Hill played so lights out. Like I, Vegas gave up their chances. And he bailed them out so many times. I mean, that's that's incredible. And they they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and you kind of felt like you kind of felt like they were in control of all their series. Like they, they didn't really they didn't really have much of a of a sweat throughout it. Right. Uh, you just felt like they were confident throughout, and they were they were rolling their four lines. And yeah, I just I just kind of felt like at, their their cup run was kind of a, a classic run, you know, where they just they just kind of dominated yeah. throughout. And you feel like this year, honestly, it should be no different. Yeah, they're gonna be a juggernaut. Yeah, they're they're gonna be solid. They'll they'll be consistent. Uh, it, I'll tell you what though, it was nice when we traded Jack there the first year and they missed the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that, that was nice. I know, man. We keep <laughs> we keep dwelling on last year and then or the the year we traded Jack and then. They go and fuck around and, and win win the cup. Yeah. So that's nice. So, uh, all right, moving on to Edmonton here. Uh, Edmonton came in second in the division last year, so 109 points, so just right behind Vegas. Came down to the, the last couple goals there. Plus 65 on the goal differential. Uh, 4.0 goals for a game. That's the highest in the conference here. 3.2 goals against. So they gave up a fair amount of goals, too. They just were scoring so much. I mean, their, their power play was historic last year, 32.4%. I mean, you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, so like you have those two guys, but they got contributions from a few guys, you know, that up top there. So moves this this year, not not much. Very similar to Vegas here. Uh, trade uh, Kyler Yamamoto uh, to uh, he ended up being going to Seattle. So I think the original trade was to Detroit. He goes to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they re-signed. Derek Ryan, who achieved deal. Uh, I think their two their two biggest signings were were Connor Brown, 
the the right winger, and then they extended Evan Bouchard, their D men. So they I know they didn't have a ton of cap space to work with, so it, it makes sense. But I mean Edmonton, they're they were good last year. They're they're going to be good again. I mean we have McDavid, so what what else would you expect really? Dude, yeah, I know. I expect McDavid somehow to just keep leveling up, like the things yeah, he does, crazy. the things he does, and Leon Draisaitl too. You, Leon Draisaitl is probably the second or third best player on the planet. Like having those two guys on separate lines and then on the same line when they need a goal is kind of just unfair. They dominate consistently. Um, the story of Edmonton, I feel like once again is going to be their defense. Are they going to rely on Darnell Nurse to play twenty minutes a night? I am a noted Darnell Darnell Nurse hater. I don't think he's very good. They paid him nine point five million over eight years a couple years ago, and I thought that was very stupid. I think he's more of a three four guy than a one two, and the the story will be their defense again. But it saying that it's absolutely insane how good they are strictly on offense. I feel like they can outscore anybody, and defense and goaltending, man, that's the story of Edmonton once again. I I, I feel like. They're one of the teams that should have addressed goaltending, and they didn't. Yeah, it's interesting because you would think that that style of just, oh, we're just going to score more, like, isn't sustainable, but it is when you have Connor McDavid. You yep. know? So, like, obviously you want the defense to improve, and they do as well. They they had a bad penalty kill last year too. So if they can clean that up a little bit, I I. Don't I can see a, a path where they they have a chance to maybe leapfrog Vegas here next year, and there is a little switch or flip flop at the top here, but yeah, I mean, if you're just banking on McDavid and Drysaddle going off again, again barring injury, then uh, that might be a good bet. So I agree with you. Edmonton's always uh, always fun to watch. Yeah, so. they're one of my favorite teams to watch. You Americans, I I actually did see that Edmonton has quite a few games on national TV this year. It's about time that the NHL markets their most incredible player and best player to play in the league in a long time. Like I, I feel like Connor McDavid is worth the price of a ticket alone. Oh, absolutely. And before we move on to LA here, last question for you. So, like, do you think that McDavid has a little extra motivation seeing Jack win last year? Like, do you, do you think that factors in, into his psyche at all? He has to. I mean, they went in the same draft, one two. McDavid is an ultra competitor he hates to lose and he loves Edmonton like as much as anyone says like oh Edmonton's not doing right by McDavid he's gonna want to leave all this stuff no I think he wants to win a cup in Edmonton he wants to follow in Wayne Gretzky's footsteps of being the best player in the league playing for the Edmonton Oilers setting up setting crazy records no one's gonna touch Wayne Gretzky's single season records ever oh no way but man Edmonton is just blessed to have this guy on their team. Does he get 150 plus points again? Yes, absolutely. I yeah. can see. I it's just crazy, but I could see McDavid flirting with 175 points at some point in his career. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Just like his potential is. I just... mean, if you're scoring nearly 33 percent of the power play, you're going to put up points. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, well, moving on from McDavid because I'm sure we can talk about him forever. But LA finishes in third, uh, 104 points plus 23 on the goal differential there for the year so that's uh 3.4 goals for 3.1 goals against pretty pretty standard there it was a pretty busy offseason for la they did a, they did a lot um so they re-signed their captain Anze kopitar two-year extension 14 million not not too bad there that's a nice little paycheck 
the the big move though, Pierre Luc Dubois, right? Yep. He was he the was big their center. big move, you know, coming over from from Winnipeg. They gave a they traded away uh, Velarde, I follow uh, Kupari, second round pick. So there was there was a lot kind of involved with that. I guess and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think there was some speculation with that trade because at the time he there was no like you know sign and like extend in place. So they but. So I think fans were worried that they weren't they weren't going to extend him or yeah. he wasn't going to stay there. But he does sign the big eight year deal. I mean, so. they gave up a ton for him. There are some guys you'll see in uh, like some guys that cover NHL that think that Gabe Velarde is actually better than Pierre Luc Dubois. So people were kind of like poo pooing this trade from an LA perspective because they gave up three pretty good players for one I would say pretty good player that can elevate his game. When he wants, Dubois has been much maligned a bit. He had a shift uh, a couple of years ago in Columbus where he basically wasn't trying, and then they shipped him off like a couple of days later. So it was like a Chase Claypool. <laughs> but like a stud. Like if we had Pierre-Luc Dubois on our team, oh my God, I'd be going over the moon. But this team is awesome. Um, that's a great name too, by the way, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, I mean, that's The most like... French name of all time. So th- so then uh, the other big moves, the, the goalies, well, not big moves, I guess, but um, Cam Talbot. David Riddich, mm-hmm. um, I think those are going to be the guys. There. I, I believe so. I mean, Cam Talbot, man, he's been in the league for a really long time, and he is good. I feel like he's good, just doesn't stick. Yeah, there was just there was talks about maybe the him being a target for the Sabers at the trade deadline last season. I know. If um if Riddich doesn't work out, I mean, I feel like he's like an AHL NHL tweener. They do have Phoenix Copley, who came over from Arizona last year, and he. That team, man, you're going into the season with Cam Talbot and um, Phoenix Copley and David Riddich as your three goalies. What are these teams doing, man? Yeah, because Copley's been... Okay. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I mean, they did have... They had Corpusal last year. Yeah. And they they lost him. So they don't really have much in net, but... This team, yes. this team should be good, in my opinion. Yeah, the the word that comes to mind for me is just solid. Like that's what they were last year. You know, like you they were they were kind of in every game. And I I gotta say though, the metallic jerseys. Oh no, you don't like them? They're not with, for me. With the helmet? No, no, the helmet looks brutal. Oh man, oh. I, I love it. No, I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not in on the helmet. But yeah, I mean, so so I I would again be surprised if they're kind of around the same. You know, here uh, it seems like we got to touch on um, Vladislav Gabrikov. Did you mention him? I don't. No. I don't remember. Came over from Columbus in the in a trade deadline deal, and they extended him. So he's defenseman. a pretty, pretty solid defenseman. Definitely will add to their PK, and I feel like he's like a three four guy. But just like so many other teams in this league, man, this is a great team with sketchy goaltending. Yep. Yeah, and those are the big things: improving the PK and and not necessarily knowing what's going on with the goaltending there. So uh, again, they should be a solid team like they were last season. Uh, you don't see them necessarily disappointing, and uh, but who knows? Do do they have do they have that really high ceiling? I don't know either. You know, they should just be solid. They're not gonna get blown out. Uh, Definitely. But, so we'll move on to Seattle here too. Kind of the surprise team from last year. It's so fun when the NHL has new teams. Like, part of me is like the NHL has too many teams, and then there's another expansion, and I'm like, this team is so fun. Yeah, Seattle was kind of my team last year, yeah. aside from the Bills. And, it, it, and all these teams we're talking about, obviously most of them kind of on the West Coast, right? So they were, like, at a good time for me to watch hockey late at night. <laughs> when you're and, putting your kid down, you got to find some yes, Western Conference absolutely. hockey to watch. Yep, so this would be what I kind of settle down and fall asleep to. But, like, Seattle was, like, always that game I turned to. Uh, and so they, they, they got the first wild card last year, uh, 
100 points, 46, 28, and 8. Very similar stats to LA, 3.5 goals for, 3.1 goals against. So so those are kind of the, the standards that you're looking for there. They uh, they had, I guess they, they did some a decent amount. You know, they didn't have a, a super active offseason here. Additions, we mentioned it earlier, Kyler Yamamoto coming over. Uh, they had a few departures here, signed John Hayden to a new one-year contract, uh, extended um, Vince Dunn, defensive. I don't know much about him. Oh, uh, he's really so, good, man. Yeah. So, so that, you know, there's a good addition, you know, to the, to the D. I feel like uh, last – so last year they were really good, you know, five on five. They kind of had, a, you know, in the middle, you know, middling power play, PK. But if, you know, you, you, you get something from these additions here – in the terms of, you know, a little boost to the scoring, a little boost to the defense. There's a lot to like. And if you get that if you get that step from Manny Beniers that a lot of us are projecting similar to Owen Power, and I know they're best buds right there, Michigan yep. buds. Yep. So I liked watching him play last year. He seems like he's gonna be a nice young player for them. So if, if he steps up, then you know, I don't know. They could they could be one of those teams that takes a little jump here. Yeah, I Matty Beniers, man, he is going to be an incredible player. I I love that he's in Seattle. I love that they picked Beniers and he was great last year and like you said he's going to take that next step and uh Seattle became the first team in NHL history to defeat the defending Stanley Cup champions in their first ever round of the playoffs which is a fun stat yeah that is crazy Seattle is going to be a team that swallows you I feel like the Sabres have trouble with them constantly because we want to play up tempo and they play like such a defensive style they're gonna defend. They're gonna counterattack, and it's just difficult for like a team like us, where we want to, where we want to go like super fast up and down the ice all the time. And that is Western. I feel like that's Western Conference hockey. Like Seattle plays typical Western Conference hockey, where they're gonna bang you around. They're gonna get jammy goals, and they're gonna be fun overall. Yeah, I, in my mind, I somewhat compare them to the Sabers in a way where they're trying to just like they have. They're trying to get that those four lines going, like yep. four solid yeah, lines deep. Right. Exactly. So. I can draw they, – they, they definitely play a little bit of a different style, right? But I think as far as, like, how they're trying to build their team, somewhat very similar. Just, like, we want to be coming at you all game, get these four lines really rolling, and that way – I mean, that's hard to defend for 60 minutes straight. So. Yeah, I, I will be sad that um, one of my favorite players to root for, just because his path has been quite weird. Like, I feel like his shot is one of the best shots in the league, but he doesn't get the ice time or the opportunity is Daniel Sprong. And he left um, and went to Detroit. And <laughs> I don't want to root for Daniel Sprong anymore because he's on Detroit. But I feel like the Seattle Kraken will have to find the timely goals that he scored somewhere in their lineup. Yeah, Morgan Geeky. Yeah, he's uh, gone. Leaves, Ryan Donato, Carson Soucy. You know, so they, they had some guys leave too. So they'll ha- there's there's a little bit of change there. So they'll have to figure it out. Um, we'll see. They were they were really streaky last year altogether. I think they had that really big Eastern road winning streak. They won, like, yeah, they were killing it. On, they were killing it on the East Coast. But we'll get into Calgary here. So so those were the four teams that made it uh, in the playoffs last year. Now yep. we got four teams to kind of talk about that, you know, didn't have as good of fortunes last year. And we'll start with the team who, well, I won't say they have the worst jerseys in the NHL, but they're, whoa, whoa, yeah, they're pretty bad, honestly. Whoa. Calgary Flames. I got to give probably the worst jersey. Well, I, I have to think about this a little bit more this broadly. Is, this I is don't just think a you realize take, how much but, of a hot take this is. Edmonton, though. Oh, those jerseys. Beautiful jerseys. Oh, no, those just are... Just firing up the Battle of Alberta right now gosh. with the jersey talk. Yeah, the Battle of Alberta has got some rough jerseys in it. Uh, all right, so Calgary Flames, 93 points last year. This was a team everyone was high on going into the season. Yeah. Um, 260 goals for, 252 against, so plus 8 in the goal differentials, so pretty pretty even there. 
But you'd like a little bit more offensive power. Maybe a little. The defense is fine. 3.0 goals against. That's not too bad in today's NFL or today's NHL. Well, you got football <laughs> on the brain today. Uh, they they didn't have much going on this offseason. Uh, added Tyler Toffoli. He comes over from New Jersey uh, in a trade. Other than that, they got new new head coach, you know, new GM, uh, Sutter's out. And maybe that's a good thing. I think he might have been some of the problem last year. You heard reports that players necessarily didn't like his kind of hard-nosed style. Yeah. I mean, you see that getting pushed out of the NHL nowadays. You want these coaches that, you know, can kind of relate to the players and, and build them up. So not, not all that surprising there. Right. I guess I really don't have much else to say on Calgary <laughs> other than I I don't know. I think will they be kind of the same as last year? Maybe, maybe. Or do they do they perform more, you know, with the new GM, with the new head coach? Does that do they get that, you know, invigor reinvigoration and, and play more to what people expected them to last year? I will have to correct you though, one thing. They traded Tyler Tafoli to New Jersey. Touche. But losing to Foley, hey, that's a goal scorer that they lost. But, man, this team, they didn't really, like you said, they didn't really do a whole lot. And I feel like a lot of, well, a lot of their hype revolved around getting Huberto for Matthew Kachuk last year. Like, as everyone knows, um, Calgary lost Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. So they're kind of stepping into, like, a new era kind of thing, like trying to push this into, like, Let's see how far this core can go without those two big guys. And Jonathan Huberto was supposed to be a big part of that. I'm expecting a big bounce back year. The difference in styles from these from the two from the coach that they had last year and this coach is going to be hopefully different and a little more freeing for these players. They struggled offensively. Like they were a boring team. Yeah. And the guys on the team, like they have a good roster, but I'm just not sure how far they can go in this stacked Pacific division. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean they're those top four teams we talked about going to be lots of you know competition for them. Uh, quick little side note here: their GM is from Potsdam, New York. Yeah, so Craig Conroy. Go. Yeah, he's a little a, bit of he's a really good NHL player. So who knows? We'll see. You know, you you see that often in sports where the the new head coach, the new GM comes in, and you know culture changes, whatnot. I mean, we see that in Buffalo here right now. So. Uh, I think they're a little bit of a coin toss there. Who knows? Yeah, they're, we'll they're a little bit boring because there's really not much to say. I mean, yeah. everyone knows why they struggled last year, and they majorly brought back like the same team. Might be important for them to get off to a hot start. Yeah, just, yeah I agree. Let's... Just to kind of get that belief in things. and yeah, if Hubido, You don't want to start slow. If Hudo comes in and he you know, scores like you know, eight points in ten games, then I feel like the morale will be quite high with that team. Yeah. So we'll move on to Vancouver here. Vancouver, kind of a mess last year. They had, you know, everything going on with Boost Boudreau. That was a that oh, was a big it mess. It was gross. Yeah, everything that was going on with there was just I mean, I remember watching interviews from that guy and he just looked so defeated. I mean, what else what else are you gonna do when you know the management doesn't want you there? Yeah. I mean, from the fans, uh chanting Bruce, there it is when he first came in and I love Bruce Boudreau. He's one of the most fun NHL coaches. Like he was a dominant AHL player back when he was like a young player. Like he was awesome. And then he just became like a sweet coach. Like he coached the Washington Capitals in their late two thousands with Ovechkin and they were just high flying offense constantly. And he's was in the league in some capacity until now. So you can, he's just loved by everyone and they kind of did him dirty. Yeah. Is he, is he a coach anywhere? Um, I think, no, I think he's on TV right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought his interviews were great. You know, I mean, as as bad as you felt for him, you know, he seems like a straight shooter and seems like someone you'd want to play for. I think the players liked him, but the management, you know, didn't really like him. Yep. But 
Uh, anyways, 83 points last season, so 38, 37, and 7, minus 22 goal differential. So uh, they got a new head, another team with a new head coach. That's going to be a trend with these teams at the bottom here, you know. But uh, Rick Tockett, right? So he yeah comes so he, over. Yep, he comes over. Um, Elias Pedersen, I don't think he signed an extension yet. Not yet. I, yeah. And that oh, if we want to get into players that if the team falls out, man, I would give everything for Elias Patterson. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think he's I think he's a real good player. And then uh, they signed some defensemen, right? So Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, yep. centers uh, Bluger, Pia Suter. Yep. Uh, and then they got uh, goalie Casey DeSmith from Montreal. DeSmith, I mean, yeah, he's okay. He's, he seems fine. So, uh, I mean, Vancouver, they're, they're an interesting team because they they underachieved last year. Feel like I feel like the roster is, is, is solid. I feel like there's some bones there, but are they going to, you know, are they going to rebound this year? Is, is Tocket, you know, in his system going to be an improvement? So uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, in my opinion, um, this team will only go as far as goalie Thatcher Demko and newly um, appointed captain Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen will take them. Those big three have got to have their best game for 82 games for this team to do anything. And I know you're you're a little bit higher on them than I am, which I, I love it, man. I, I love I love I would love to see the Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs. Um, they have on top of just having incredible jerseys. They got some I, fun I will players. agree with you there. I will agree with you there. Like like all the stuff from last year with uh JT Miller, like they were gonna trade him, like they signed him to an extension eight years, and he was just I have I don't even know how to say it correctly. He was kind of just like a piss pot. I not a good locker room guy, but man, he's a good player. So they got guys like Eichel, kind of. Oh yeah, I guess you could say <laughs> kind of like Jack Eichel was the situation there. But he's there. He's staying. They didn't move him. So this team has good players. We'll just see how far. Like Demko could be one of the best goalies in the league, and right. we all know how far a amazing goalie can take you. Yeah, so I mean, if they if they if they if their studs play like they should and they get the goaltending, then you see. I know it's it's more of a feeling for me. I, I think I think they're going to rebound and, and maybe play you know more like they they were hoping to uh, last yeah. last season. And but you're, you're a talking believer, so yeah, yeah. So we'll see. All right, finishing up here, uh, getting into to San Jose. We can probably go through these a little bit faster here, but San Jose, the big move trading Eric Carlson to the Penguins. Yeah. Right. So he's he's a big loss for them. Uh, Oh yeah, real quick, sixty points. So they were they were at the bottom here, minus eighty seven goal differential. It's crazy that Anaheim's actually way worse than <laughs> I know, we'll dude. Them next, but um, so goalie Kapokakinen, right, looking to rebound. Last year was a little bit disappointing. So some stats here, like minus or uh, three point eight five goals against and a negative twenty one point five five goals uh, saved against uh, expected. So that's those are those are tough stats right there. So hopefully he can rebound. But I mean San Jose. It's one of those teams where they're pro- they didn't they didn't make much moves. No. You know, Mike Greer's got his work cut out for him there. Yeah, but. former Sabre Mike Greer. I yeah. feel like Vanek's there too as a scout. Yeah, yep. I I feel like so many of those Sabres from like 2006 to 2008 are like in NHL front offices in some capacity. Yep. And you really got to feel for Mike Greer here. I mean, this team is going to be absolutely brutal. Yeah. Like they should be one of the worst teams in the league. They should want to be one of the worst teams in the league. And they got their their older guys like Logan Couture there, and Thomas Hurdle. But besides that, there's really not much to talk about this team. Like I know, um, young player William Eklund is a forward. He 
was drafted a couple years ago, and he will get his opportunity high up the line on, uh, lines on this team because there's really nobody else. Like, I'm laughing. But, man, this team will have a tough time every single night. Yeah, expectations are expectations are low, but uh, interest, I'll be interested to see what, what Greer can do over there. And certainly a team we're rooting for. Yeah, you know, with, I'm rooting you for got Mike your Greer, guys there, for sure. So. All right, we'll move on. Oh, and, and I got family out there that are Sharks fans. For real? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I got some <laughs> family incredible. out there that are Sharks fans. I feel like fans, you have so. family just like all over the United yeah, States. So That's definitely, wild. definitely rooting for them this year. But but we'll see. We might be in for another tough season. But um, hopeful for Mike Greer and, and Vanek and them over there. Uh, and believe it or not, there was a team worse than that, right? Anaheim. So the Anaheim Ducks come in last place here. Uh, 58 points, 23, 47, and 12. They had 23 wins and 59 losses. That's that's tough. Ready for this number? Minus 129 goal differential. Oh, my god. I goodness. mean, this was the Sabres not too long ago. Like, I feel like this team was worse than the Sabres. Oh, dude, it's bad. So, okay, this is even more jarring. 2.5 goals for 4.1 goals against. Like, That is tough. I'm unsure at the exact, like – like statistic but i am almost positive that this anaheim team last year was one of the worst defensive teams of all time i mean they have they have some young players trevor zegris obviously jamie drysdale you you know they have a collection of talents and prospects right so yeah i I, I think for them 20 years old he's awesome yeah so i think for them it just comes down to kind of where the Sabres were at a couple years ago, right? Just develop, just continue developing these guys and, and, and see what happens. They got new coach, Greg Cohn, uh, Greg Cronin. So, uh, but we'll see what happens. They did sign Alex Kalorn and Radko Gudis. Yeah, right? they gave so. Kalorn a bag. What did they give him? They gave him, oh my God. They gave him, at 34 years old, he's making $6.25 million for the next four seasons. They gave him a yeah. bag to yeah. come in and change the culture there. Right, exactly. So that's him and Gudis, you know, these guys that are, you know, going to, make them a little bit tougher and just kind of strengthen up a team that doesn't have, uh, that needs a little bit more direction, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Gudis was a guy that I would have loved the Sabres to go after in the off season. Labushkin there too. Oh yeah. They, oh, we, we did. Yeah, deal Labush, Labush, Gummy they, bear. So what? They're just going to have a team of just bears. Uh, they might not be a bad thing. At least make it a little fun. Just goon it up a little bit. Yeah. This should be a fun team to watch nonetheless. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the, the fans there, they, they know where they're at. Just, you know, it might be another tough year, but expectations are low so just enjoy the ride and and hope that you can maybe find a, a diamond or two from your prospects yeah, that I you're mean, going to be bringing up they, at least they have, they have like at least they don't have nothing like i feel like when you talk about san jose they have almost nothing to work with yeah like Anaheim at least has troy terry who's really good uh trevor zegers who we touched on one of the most exciting players in the league mm-hmm. uh cam Fowler, he's a veteran on the back end like he can play and John Gibson, who, man, people talk about the Sabres going after Gibson, and I would not want to just because he signed for $6.4 million for the next four seasons. Like, that's a lot. But if he was on the right team, I feel like he would be good. But this Anaheim team, man, they cannot defend, and I, I don't think that they'll be able to defend again. Like, I feel like they're going to get crushed at, in every game. Will they have more than 338 goals against this yeah. year? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay, I don't think they're going to have that many, but – Gibson's in that goal. was that was insane. Yeah, Gibson's in goal, and their backup Alex Stalock or uh, young player uh, Lucas Dostal. I feel like he'll get some NHL games, but oh, there's really not much else to say about this Anaheim team just because they really should not be good. I mean, they might do some fun stuff, like we might get some Zegris Michigan goals some and some yeah. highlight real stuff, and that should be about it. 
imagine those goalies. Just put a little extra cushion in those oh, in dude, those pads. You're gonna be peppered with shots. There are, there are there are studies on Gibson that like he's awesome for the first like thirty starts, and then he just falls off a cliff because he's getting pounded with shots <laughs> night mean, after night, night after night, dude. Like this guy has almost no chance. That's like when I golf and by hole 14, I'm done. I'm like, no, <laughs> no 18 whole, holes is too long for me you're now. You're done by like hole nine because you've taken 17 bathroom breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Every couple holes is is, uh, is a bathroom break for me. So, all right. <laughs> so what do you want to do here? Do you want to – so we're on to the central here now. Do yeah. you want to recap that and then give playoff picks? Do you want to give our playoff picks right now for this division before we move on? What do you want to do? Let's do the whole central division and then we'll talk Western Conference playoffs. Okay. Yeah, because it kind of blends into one with the wild card yeah. and stuff. So. All right, go ahead. Uh, you took the lead on this, and I'll, I'll kind of chime in right. like you did. But let's uh, let's get it started. So central division, starting with the uh, two year ago defending champs. Yeah, so. dude. So this this team is an absolute wagon. The Colorado Avalanche last year they had 109 points, um, plus 54 on the goal differential. There's a lot to say about this team. Like in the off season, they traded a second round pick to Tampa Bay for Ross Colton, who was part of like a cap struggle for. Tampa Bay and um, Colorado benefited. He should be a pretty nice little player for them. Um, they sent Alex Galchenyuk to Na- uh, Nashville for Ryan Johansson. They traded Alex Newhook, a uh, recent first-round pick, to Montreal for a 2023 first, a 2023 second, and Ford prospect Johnny Fairbrother. Um, they re-signed depth defenseman Jack Johnson, who, man, you got to look up the story of Jack Johnson when we're done with this because this man was a high pick uh, a long time ago, he's an NHL vet. His parents actually stole a ton of his money that he made in the NHL. His own money? His, yeah. Like his parents were <laughs> From his, the NHL. Yes. His parents were his advisors, and they just did him so dirty. And, and that's honestly part of the reason why I think he's still playing. And that's but, backwards. I know. I know. But his story is incredible. He's an incredible person. They they used to call him uh, Mr. USA because he was just an awesome young player, uh, awesome captain material kind of guy. But they also signed Miles Wood to a six-year, $15 million deal. Um, they recently signed popular Sabres target Thomas Tatar, who I wanted the Sabres to get so bad, and he went to a juggernaut in Colorado. Yeah, besides, you were saying last episode that when we were talking about Adams and not making moves, you know, that he he signed late later in the year, and that's someone they could have gotten. Yeah. He had a little time to maybe negotiate with. But. Yep. You got it. When you talk about Colorado, you got to talk about their big three. Nathan McKinnon, the likely second best player in the league. This guy skates like no other person I've ever seen before. He just has the most aggressive stride, awesome shot, just an electrifying player up and down the ice. Uh, Mikko Ranton, one of the best finishers in the league. And Kale McCarr is the McDavid of defensemen. <laughs> they stole him. In He's the first overall, right? No, he was a fourth overall. Oh, really? Okay. Which is incredible that he fell to the fourth round, and, and look at how good oh, he is. Oh, McKinnon was first overall. Yeah, McKinnon right? was yeah. the first overall in 2013. Um, but those three men, they they had a little bit of injury issues last year, and they were still awesome. Yeah, they had a lot going on last year. And this year, they need to figure out what they're going to do with Devon Taves, because he's a uh, UFA in 2024. He is one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. Like, he will be a stud this year, and then I don't know if they won't be able to pay him because of the cap. But they kind of got to figure that out. But I feel like for this year, this team should be back to their winning ways again and probably take this division again. Yeah, they they kind of started off a little slower last year. They did. And then they, they picked it up towards the end of the year. 
Uh, I think that, I mean, given what we all, all we just went through there, I mean, I don't see any reason why they're not going to be up here again. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with again, with those top three, we talked about it a little bit, you know, with some of the teams earlier. If you got those big guys and they and they perform, what you would expect. Not to, I mean, McKinnon's so fast, man. He's just like, and same thing with McCarr. All these guys you mentioned, Ratton. So, like, yeah, you got you got the the pieces in place to to make another run at this thing. Yeah, so. like the only thing that I'm worried about about this team is their goaltending. Um, they're gonna run a combination of former Rangers backup Alexander Georgiev and Pavel Frankuz. And I believe, actually, that Frank Hughes might be hurt right now. Um, they're a team that has been in the rumors looking for a goaltender to trade. So if the Sabres don't run three goalies, I kind of would think that UPL or Comrie might be a pretty popular target for Colorado. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, those are both of those guys are you know, still have some value out there you know, for the Sabres. Yeah. So, um, and we'll on, a team, on a team like Colorado, their deficiencies would get sheltered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to Dallas. Yeah, let's move on to the Dallas Stars, the team that I hate the most in the NHL for scoring on us in the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> and uh, ten games and ten goals last year when we played them. Oh my God, that I didn't even watch that game because <laughs> well, they just left Comrie out to dry. <laughs> that was actually kind of savage by, by Granado to leave him out there to dry like that. Unbelievable. But so ten goals. Dallas, they were really good last year. They're really fun. Um, they had 108 points last year, plus 67. Man, they were really good. They re- I mean, Ottinger is a beast. Oh, so, stud. Yeah. They re-signed Ty Delandria to a one-year 900K deal. Uh, Sam Steele to a one-year 850K deal. Both those guys are good. Bottom six options. Uh, Craig Smith, one-year 1 million, another bottom six guy. Matt Duchesne comes over in a one-year $3 million deal. Uh, they traded Colin Miller to New Jersey, who was, man, he was surprisingly good for them. Like, for here, I was super stoked when we got him. Uh, for our team from Vegas, and he just wasn't it. And then he went there, and he was actually pretty good. But this team, man, this team has depth everywhere. Jason Robertson, one of the best left wings in the league. Rupe Hintz, one of the best centers in the league. Miro Heskinen. There's this little rivalry between, like, Darlene and Heskinen because Darlene's Swedish and he's Finnish. So, like, that, like, Scandinavian rivalry thing is kind of cool. So, like, I kind of don't like to root for Miro Heskinen, but, man, he is so awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to watch them. I I watched a, a fair amount of Dallas last year, and uh, they were always they were always fun to watch. So they should be able to they should be able to put the puck in the net. Uh, their defense was good last year. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, these two teams last season were separated by one point. Yeah, so. just incredible incredible season for Dallas, and they they did all that with uh, Wyatt Johnson made his his busted onto the scene as an NHL rookie last year, like in a bottom six role, and then he slowly worked his way up. He's a stud, man. Like, they found him in the middle of the first round, and he's really good. Sometimes you just got to get lucky like that. Yeah, they were – and they lost to Vegas last year, I think, yep. right, in the playoffs? Yeah. They were – were they down 2-0 or 3 I think it was 3-0. Yeah. And I think they won a couple games yeah, and made it somewhat it, interesting. It didn't but... really seem like it was going to be any – like, Vegas kind of just steamrolled them. Yeah, they had a they had a good matchup against them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dallas solid year last year. I would expect a, a lot of the same, you know, for this upcoming year, but – all right, let's get into Minnesota here next. Oh, man, Minnesota. This is like – they had 103 points last year, and they were plus 21. But I will say, I think this team might be the most mid-team of all the playoff teams. Um, they acquired just plodding defender Patrick Maroon for prospect uh, Maxim Jakovic and a 2024 20, seventh. I am super excited about uh, Brock Faber making his uh, 
first season debut. I know he played in the playoffs last year, but coming over from the Minnesota University of Minnesota, Ryan Johnson's teammate, um, really good puck mover, really good offensive defenseman, and he has a little uh, jam on the defensive end too. <laughs> they uh, re-signed Caleb, Kalen Addison, uh, one year, 825K, uh, promising player, but he had an up and down season a little bit. They re-signed, uh, they signed goalie Philip Gustafson to a three-year, $11.25 million deal to come uh, backstop them. They also have so many players that I love. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, stud, man. He moves around the ice just at lightning speed, uses his edges like no other player. The only player that I would say is probably similar to him in using his edges is Jeff Skinner, just a fun player. And Matt Boldy, uh, winger, center, I'm not really sure where they're going to put him this year. I think they broke him in on the wing last year. But he is kind of like Dylan Cousins, man, a scorer. Uh, really, really big. I think he's 6'3", like 220. He's huge. But he's awesome. Yeah, the, the skill on the skill with Kaprizov is crazy. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I feel, I think... I feel like he's one of the mo- more underappreciated players in the NHL. I agree. I agree. Just because he plays in Minnesota, and I yeah. get like Minnesota is hockey country, but they kind of don't get covered much either. Yeah, so it's kind of tough. But I, I remember catching a few of their games last year. Yeah, Kaprizov, I mean, when he has the puck, he does some electric stuff. So And the story of their team, too, like will, will Marco Rossi finally make an impact? Like he, a lot of Sabres fans, when we drafted Jack Quinn, were really annoyed that we did not select Marco Rossi, and then he got COVID, and he was out for a long time. And finally, last season started showing that he was back to form. And you know, 22 years old, he's he's a great young player. And they got Marcus Foligno for you know he's a veteran, you know, banging in the walls. He'll work hard and stuff. Uh, Joel Eriksson and Matt Zuccarello, two really good players. I mean, they're I, I lump those two together, but their age difference is 10 years. Uh, it's Zuccarello senior, but they got a roster here, man. But I, I just don't know how I feel about them. And you know, they're backstopped by a 38 year old Mark Andre Fleury. Like where will this team be come playoff time? I don't know. I, they could make the playoffs. They could be a top three seed. They could be a wild card. They could also miss altogether. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, that, that explains it. I, I think there's a wide range of outcomes for Minnesota. Um, so it's, they're a harder team for me to, prognosticate a little bit because i i can see them getting hot and going on a run but then i also think there's like a decently low floor as well so it's kind of tough i guess we'll see what happens but well they're they're in the middle there so it's 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 up to them let's move on to winnipeg oh boy man this team i don't understand what's going on with this team (laughs) they have a in terms of roster the players themselves i feel like they're pretty good but for some reason whatever is going on in that locker room is just super toxic like their offseason moves I, I i feel like they're in denial a little bit i feel like they need a rebuild like desperately <laughs> this team would benefit from trading guys and just <laughs> let's be bad for like not, not even bad they don't even really have to be bad but they're just trying to be good and they're not good on the ice they, uh, like we talked about earlier with L.A., they made the big Dubois trade and brought in Velarde, uh, Kapari, and Alex Iafalo. Hey, three good players for one good player, I feel like maybe that does boost them. Iafalo um, is local to Buffalo. Um, I may or may not have played against him one year, and he ran me over, so that was awesome. Uh, 
Rasmus Kapari is a good young forward. They have Nikolai Ehlers, who he's got speed to burn, and he's a scorer. Uh, Cole Perfetti, young player. Uh, Josh Morrissey, he was in the Norse conversation yeah, last, he was, year. He was he, last year. Did he get he got hurt? I think. Yeah, he did at the end of the year, similar to Darlene. But I think he was, I think he got top three votes for the Norse. Like he had an incredible breakout season. Yeah, he was there for a uh, while. Kyle Connor, speed to burn, goal scorer, former forty goal scorer, and one of the best goalies in the league. I would say, like, what do you think? Like two second, third best goalie in the league, and Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, he's 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 up there. Like this team makes no sense to me. Like. I don't know what's going on. Their talent is great. But it also, the West is just too good. And I mean, can this roster overtake like a Minnesota or a Dallas? Definitely not a Dallas in my opinion. But they could sneak into a wild card. But very similar to Minnesota. Their floor is insanely low. Strictly due to the fact that the fans are calling for something different than what management is producing. Yeah, it seems it seems like there's some bad juju with Winnipeg right now. Which, by the way, did you see the release of their alternates? Oh my dude, those are you want to talk bad jerseys? Oh man, I I think I those are so bad. I think I would just hand in my paycheck and not play for this team if that was the jersey they made me play. I I saw the jersey posted on Twitter and I'm and I don't know who posted it. Maybe it was them or, or it might have been Chicklets, but. I, I, I clicked on it because I'm like, I need to see what people are thinking about, <laughs> saying about these because I think these are terrible. And it was unanimous. Everybody was just dogging on them. And I'm like, oh, these are brutal. But, just a brutal team. Yeah, in my eyes, it kind of made sense and kind of matched the, the whole vibe of, of Winnipeg as well. Just like, I don't know. I I don't see it with them this year. They're, I'm not I'm not super high on them, but maybe they well, maybe they can surprise. With the way we're talking about Winnipeg, we definitely are not putting them in our playoff picture. <laughs> I I we were both on the hell of book to Buffalo trade. Yeah, why not? It'd yeah. be great. I mean, he'd be a Amer- like it doesn't really make um a difference what nationality he is, but a nice older American goaltender to backstop your young to like help your young American goaltender, that sounds fantastic. But the thing about that is there's been rumors that he wants a massive deal like 8 years, 9 million and I am all the way out on paying an older goaltender $9 million a season. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So, all right. Let's sum it up with them. We'll go on to Nashville here. Nashville, dude. Nashville is like my sneaky team. I low-key, like, love Nashville. Um, Pretty solid last year. I mean, minus nine on the yeah, goal difference. They're kind of, you know, even there. 92 points. Yeah, and like you said, minus nine. They fired John Hines, who I thought was on the hot seat forever. Like, he, everywhere John Hines goes, I feel like he's on the hot seat instantly. But he lasted there a little while. And they brought in Andrew Andrew Burnett, um, former interim coach with the Florida Panthers after they made a nice playoff run after uh, all the stuff happened with Kyle Beach. And Joel Quenville, the legendary coach, uh, had to resign because of that situation. But Andrew Burnett is bringing to this team a fast offensive style. Um, and the players, I think, suit that a little bit. Um, Gustav Nyquist, two years, $6.37 million. Uh, Cody Glass brought him, brought him back for two years, 5 million. Uh, <laughs> I say that about their style and they did bring in Luke Shen, who's kind of a plotting defenseman, but Hey, you can't all be studs out there. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. 8.25 mil he yeah, got. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of crazy for three years. That is some crazy money. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, four years, 18 million. We all know what our, what our can bring, like the leadership. I, I feel like he's, he hasn't really lost a step. I mean, he's never been the most fleet of foot. But he, 
his stint in Toronto, I kind of feel like he was the same ROR that he was in Buffalo. Like, he's an awesome player. He had that cup of coffee in Toronto. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here now. <laughs> he did say that. Did you see that? He was like, I can't, like, the worst part about Toronto is, is playing with this media. Yeah. Like, a lot, I can but, see that. And hey, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is such a Nashville guy. Like, he's got his own, like, country. He plays guitar. He can sing. So that, that kind of works out a lot. I'm yeah. pretty happy for him, honestly. Yeah. I mean, good money for where he is in his career right now. <sighs> and I mean, another 18 mil. This team, man, I. I like this team. I think this is my surprise team in the Western Conference. You see Saros, unbelievable goalie. He's on the smaller side, but man, this guy just stops pucks. Roman Yossi, incredible offensive defenseman. I believe he had um, close to 100 points two seasons ago, but he didn't hit it. And then they uh, got Tyson Berry at the deadline. They're young studs, man. These yeah, kids... so Barry's going to run the power play, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he'll be their power play quarterback. Yeah, But... These young studs that came kind of out of nowhere, in in my opinion, like I'm, I wasn't really familiar with them, but there was a game that we had against Nashville last year, and we thought like when we were going into trying to make playoffs, and their young trio of Tommy Novak, Philip Tomasino, and Luke Evangelista, all forwards, man, they ran our show. Like they looked incredible, and by all accounts, these guys played really well for Nashville down the stretch, and now they're going to get another chance to show what they can do. Um. I'm just kind of unsure they're in no man's land, but man, I, I low-key kind of love this team. And like we talked about uh, with Vancouver and Demko, the same applies to Nashville and just UC Saros. They can be carried by a, by a goaltender that's that good. And maybe they get a little bit of more goals this year and a little bit of better defensive play and special teams, and you just kind of never know. Yeah, I mean that's what happens with these teams that are down here. Like if they if they get that surprise playoff push, they you they get that those contributions from those young players you're maybe not as familiar with, yep. and even a couple of them or a player that they sign, you know, like an O'Reilly or a Shen, you know, they have these these seasons that you weren't necessarily expecting. And so, I mean, they were they were somewhat close last year with 92 points. I mean, that's that's fringe. Yeah, right? I mean, and the Sabers had. Do we have 92 or 93? We have 92. I think maybe okay. I have to, I, I, we can so, bet that, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so not far away from taking that step. So yeah. So we'll see if they can get it done this year. Yeah. They're going to be a fun team, man. Let's move on to the St. Louis, St. Louis. Oh, excuse me. That was ridiculous. Uh, the St. Louis blues. <laughs> We're both battling some, uh, I don't here. know what's going on. <laughs> the St. Louis blues, 81 points last year, man. What a disappointing year season for the blues. Minus 38. They're kind of a new-look Blues. No more Ryan O'Reilly. No more Vladimir Tarasenko as he went to Ottawa. They named Brayden Shen their new captain. Last offseason, they signed both Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, their their star young players, to dueling eight-year, eight $65 million deals, 8.1258 AAV. Every time I look at another young player's deal and then I look at the Tage Thompson deal, I'm like, man, what a steal we got on, on Tage. yep. They uh, traded for Kevin Hayes from Philadelphia, big t- big center, big offensive player. Um, but the, but despite the two young centers, this team is so old. This defense core: Nick Letty, Marco Scandella, Tori Krug, um, Justin Falk, and Colton Pareko. Those out of those five defensemen, they're all between the ages of thirty and thirty three years old. They do have forward talent, like uh, Jakob Vrana is playing his first full season as a Blue after being claimed on waivers. Um, Pavel Buknevich is really good, and the aforementioned Kevin Hayes, Cairo, Thomas, and young player Jake Neighbors. Like, they got forwards. But that defense, man, that defense, I think, is real bad. 
Minus 38 last year, you know, so 301 goals against last year. Yeah, so. if you're giving up 300 goals in a season, man, come on. Yeah. And Jordan Bennington, we got to talk about Jordan Bennington because I cannot stand this player. This guy is a complete head case. If you watch any St. Louis Blues game, <laughs> if he gets scored on, he's reacting in the most negative way possible. It's insane to me that they rode this guy to a Stanley Cup win in 2000, what year? I don't even know. Like a couple of years. It's, I feel like with COVID, I feel like I don't know years anymore. It's crazy. But last year, Bennington did not have a good season. Like he gave up like four goals in a game and then he would smash a stick. And even though I've always had a soft spot for the Blues and I and I traded and I uh, loved watching O'Reilly, this team just isn't it for me. Like I, I think they're going to be really bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very high on on St. Louis Blues. I think, uh, I think their name kind of says it all with their season. It's just gonna be blue. I think the, the fans are just gonna oh, wow. be sad. Wow, that was great. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, yo, I just, yeah, I don't see it with them. None of the, none of their players excite me a whole lot. Uh, Even and, the young guys, man, like the, Thomas and Cairo did not have the best season that they could have. I feel like they were being called out constantly for underperforming. So. 2019 was the Stanley Cup. By 20, what? 2019. What, dude? Sabers 91 points last year were for the Sabers too. Wow. Just check that out. That so. was 2019. Yep. Dude, where did my brain go? Yep. So insane. they beat the uh, they beat the uh, Boston Bruins. Oh my god. Four I, games to three. It, guys, to me, I thought that was like two years ago. Like, COVID just ruined everything for my brain. That's crazy. But yeah, this team just very very mid. I don't have really much more to say about them. Yeah, we can wrap up on the blues there. Okay. <laughs> we now, dude. These next. The next two. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Go. No, you, you go. You. <laughs> I'm gonna say these next two, although they're at the bottom, I feel like it, they're exciting. But yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Like, let's start with Arizona. Like, <laughs> absolutely brutal team. Like, not gonna lie, they had 70, 70 points last year, only twenty eight wins, minus seventy one. But I mean, the Sabers were seventy one points two years ago. Yeah. So like, that's yeah, that's where they were. It is like hilarious to me that this team plays in a college arena in front of 4,600 people. But that's also kind of sick to me at the same time. Like, can you imagine just being in that small of an arena just on top of the ice like that, watching an NHL game? I think that's awesome. But their offseason, they acquired uh, right defenseman Sean Dersey from L.A. for a second-round pick. Uh, they re-signed goalie Connor Ingram to a three-year deal worth $5.85 million to pair with a goalie that I think is really good. In Carol Vamelka, but this is a massive rebuild. This team has more draft picks in the next three seasons than any team. They signed a ton of mercenaries to help out their young players. The story of the offseason, which I am so happy for because this is going to make me watch so many Arizona games. I know it's coming. Logan Cooley. <laughs> Getting Logan Cooley to leave Minnesota and start his first season in the NHL. Did you see the goal he scored the other Oh, day? it was insane. This guy is the best prospect that hasn't played an NHL game not named Connor Bedard. I mean, they, they're they they're saying that the preseason goal is going to be goal of the year. Already. Yeah, it's insane. I've never heard of a preseason <laughs> goal being goal of the year, but that actually might be it. But in terms of the other guys they brought in, uh, they brought in Troy Stetcher, solid right defenseman, one year, one million. Uh, big, big center Nick Bugstad, two years, 4.2 million. <laughs> Crazy story this offseason. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, he has a suitcase. He's played on like... Nine teams. A suitcase. Um, they signed him to a like a cheap one year deal, but man, he got arrested this offseason. The Coyotes terminated his contract and he left for Russia. Just insane story. 
Uh, they brought it's the right in, place, I guess. I guess. <laughs> they. He's brought, getting that Russian gas. Yeah. <laughs> Russian gas. That's fantastic. <laughs> they brought in versatile, uh, versatile forward Alex Kerfoot for two years, seven million, and re-signed their pretty exciting out of nowhere. Super small scoring forward Matthias Matthias McKelly for three years, ten point two seven five million. This guy was in the Calder race, like surprisingly. Um, he can score and he can play, and I didn't hear of him. I, I'm sure a lot of hockey fans didn't know who this guy was until last year. And then they brought in uh, right defenseman Matt Dumbo one year, three point nine million. So they did make a ton of moves to insulate this young core of McKelly and Cooley. Is it Dumba or Dumba? Uh, Dumba. Dumba? <laughs> yes. The That's fu- unfortunate. Okay. The funny thing, oh, the, my fa- one of my favorite hockey things, so he was a rookie with Minnesota, and I think he changed his number to 24 for the regular season, but for the preseason in his first season, they made him wear 55. So his jersey was dumbass. <laughs> it, just great. incredible. I mean, what a guy. What a, oh, yeah, because the 55, yeah. like two S's. What a, yeah, what yeah. a funny, I mean, he's got to be one of the best locker room oh, guys man. to go along with that. That's just really funny. That is, but, that is funny despite this team probably being really bad again, they are fun. I mean, they got a bunch of young guys like McKelly and Cooley. And then yeah, sni- there's some hope there. Sniper Dylan Genther and Barrett Hayton, who everyone thought was a bust, had a quietly pretty damn good season last year. Yeah. And they have Clayton Keller, who's one of my favorite players in the league. Just really good player. Yeah, they're, they're, in, a, they're in a spot where the fans just want to see some, some nice – plays plays made yeah. you know like just just see some of these kids take steps and uh the your studs that you're thinking are going to be running the the team for the next handful of years develop and, and play good and uh it looks promising so <laughs> i hope that they stay in arizona i don't want them to leave all this talk about like their arena not like selling out if you guys don't know their arena is nowhere near civilization like their and we pre- don't need another team in Atlanta. No, like, we, we don't, don't got to go back to Atlanta. Th- their previous team, their previous owner, bought this land and was going to make the arena like a super center, but it's so far away. Like if they move the team to like a Scottsdale, actually, I think they're building the new building in Scottsdale. I'm unsure if that got approved yet or not. And I, I think they're playing at Arizona State because they're building the new building. But man, in a major city like that, I feel like. This team could perfectly be on the rise for the timing of their new building. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, well, I guess the Bills are already there, but it's... Yeah, um, like, we're already good, yeah. but then, like, yeah, same thing. Same like, thing, introducing that new building. Let's move we on. save the best for last? Yeah. <laughs> the worst for last. Let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that I... 59 des- points. A team that I absolutely despise. I don't like this team at all. Kind of never has. One of my buddies that's going to listen to this also hates the Chicago Blackhawks, and I love that for him. Uh, yeah, like you said, man, 59 points, just brutal 97 minus 97, uh, goals, which is they only scored 204 goals. They allowed 301 goals. What's up with these teams allowing 300 plus goals? That's like crazy. Just some terrible defense. End of an era though. This is the first year. They're not going to have Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves on their roster. Um, they traded for the worm. They traded for Corey Perry for a 2024 seventh round pick. And just gave them a bag. They just gave here. You want $4 million to come play on our crappy team? That's the bad team tax. Yeah. I, <laughs> dude, believe us. We know about you know, yep. the bad team tax. Oh, yeah. Uh, they signed Ryan Donato for two years, $4 million. Uh, Speedy winger, Andreas Athanasiu, two years, $8.5 million. They traded for Taylor Hall. Uh, and Nick Felino in a deal for defenseman Elon Mitchell, Ian Mitchell 
and AHLer uh, Alec Regula. Dude, all of it is worth it, though. All of their horrible play last year was worth it because they won the first overall pick. And but the right... did they? Did they? Was, was it rigged? <laughs> Do you think it was rigged? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised the NHL wanted him to stay in a big, mar- in a big one American of their, market. One of their biggest markets. But we're talking about Connor Bedard. Go from Connor Pat Kane to Bedard. Bedard. I mean, dude, let's how get. Sh- how much does that suck, dude? Chicago gets that. You know, that's like that's like the Packers going from Favre to Rogers and just like uh, Favre to Rogers to maybe Jordan Love is good. Yeah. Like some teams just kind of have all the luck. But dude, this kid is electric. Last year in the Western Hockey League, he played for the Regina Pats in 57 regular season games. He had 71 goals and 72 assists for 143 points. In my opinion. I don't know who's going to set him up. He's going to play with Taylor Hall. But this guy is capable of 40 goals this season. And their season, honestly, really doesn't mean much more besides Connor Bedard. Like, that's pretty much the only team to tune in to. The only reason to tune into this team. He His shot is on par with Austin Matthews at the same age. He's a little smaller. But, man, he is just electric out there. Probably going to be one of the most exciting players in the nhl this season at the age of 19 i'm trying to find what the uh the calder odds are for him oh I mean, he's he's, he's leading for sure yeah it's probably him then cooley so bedard is the favorite minus 133 yes it's the fact that he's minus money dude is crazy that is crazy i wonder do they have who's second in here uh so actually so this is interesting uh so bedard bedard is the the favorite right now minus 140 uh luke hughes is second you know, yeah, I forgot Plus about Luke. Plus 550, when we, when and we then When we cover the Metro, I'll talk a lot about Luke, Luke Hughes. You want to guess where Levi is on the list? Eighth? Fifth. Fifth. Wow, that's pretty impressive. It's not bad. Plus 1,200. Hey, yep. if he's really the starter and he is what he is, I could see him being voted in the top three. You're, you're a cool kid there, too. He's not going to make the team, no, I don't think. He's plus 6,000 odds, but imagine <laughs> I that. Might throw, I might throw a dollar on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you say about Chicago and the Bedard? Nothing. I mean, they're like, they're, they're like season tickets like sell out as soon as they got yeah, them. Yeah, like, which is, I mean, I mean, awesome. Chicago is a massive market. I'm sure the NHL wants them to be um, selling out every single night with that stupid goal, that stupid goal song that they play, just buzzing every night from Bedard goals. Yeah. But for that organization, though, their best thing is to be terrible again. And draft in the in the top two, top three right. next year. I mean, yeah. this team is in a rebuild. They hired mercenaries. They hired. They just got a bunch of hired guns just to come and protect Bedard and insulate him and, and help him in his first NHL season. But that's really the story of the Blackhawks. We can. Uh, well, so real quick. So he's fifty nine points. They had. That's his overall. That's his. That's how overall, many. No, that's how many points Chicago had last season. Fifty nine yeah. points. How many more points does Bedard alone get you? I'd maybe like two more wins, like yeah. maybe one or two more yeah. wins. I it's, mean, yeah, it's not drastic. They're going to score a ton of goals, but man, they're going to get scored on a, a ton again. And then going back to Taylor Hall, this guy, he's here. Yep. He plays with Eichel. Yep. Right. Same line yep. as Eichel. Then Boston. Yep. And who did he play with there? Was it was it Marshawn? Uh, no, I believe I believe he played with David Krejci and someone else on the right wing because Marshawn and Bergeron have just played together forever. So, but but, but good line yeah, in good Boston. Line. Then he goes Edmonton. Yeah, well, he was in Edmonton before. McDavid, but he played with McDavid, right? Mm, Wasn't he? No, I don't think so. No, no. All right, so he didn't play. He didn't play with McDavid. No, nope. but now he's playing with Bedard. Yes. I mean, this dude has just played with all these <laughs> studs. And dude, first of all, pick himself. Like he was an incredible player when he was on New Jersey. He carried New Jersey to a playoff berth, 
Uh, if you want to go look up Taylor Hall's season in New Jersey, I'm pretty sure he outscored the second leading scorer on his team by like 40 points. Would he win the heart? I believe he did win the heart yeah, trophy. I think he has a heart trophy. Yeah, he won the heart. But that was his New Jersey season. But yeah, lucky Taylor Hall gets to play with Connor Bedard. That's pretty sick. I mean, I mean, it's insane the Connor Bedard hype. Like, you got you'll go on TikTok and watch like young kids be like, "What's your favorite favorite celebration?" And it's like the Bedard, and they'll do his little fist pump. And I'm like, man, this kid's 18. He has all this hype. I I love it when there's a new star ready to be born in the nhl yeah and and he seems like he's just gonna step in and just dominate right away and like, he, he's mature yeah mature. he's ready for it yeah he's, i mean he's been prime these kids are primed at such a young age now it's all crazy. of his interviews man like he it impresses me that last year for his his team was they were okay like they 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 were not gonna win the memorial cup last year and instead of asking to be traded to a stud team to make a memorial cup run he stayed in regina to help them sell tickets and stuff just a great guy at yeah. 18 years old man that's that that's maturity right well there. when team canada won too whatever he was uh, incredible yeah and, and, and they interviewed him right after and you know they asked they're asking him and stuff and, and i mean total deflection just like no like the, I, like sure i played good but this was all my teammates you know like <laughs> did he set did he set the record for most points in a, oh yeah in a world junior yeah, yeah. I think he, I don't know who had it before, but I know he did set. It. I think he, I think he beat it by a few. Just in, he just was going off. I you remember not, that one goal he scored in that, like from like, like the side of the net. Yeah, it was insane. Angle. Just went top shelf. I mean, <laughs> just we could hype up a dart all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I would not be surprised if he becomes one of the youngest captains ever next year uh, as a 19 year old, because he's just that mature. This is his team already. But I'll it's tell, like Messi coming over yeah, here. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like I'll, that. Uh, I'll tune in. I'll tune in to a lot of Blackhawks games just yeah. to just to watch Bedard. Yep. All right. So let's. Uh, so that sums it up. So that was that was pretty good. You Actually, wanna, you want to tell we the took people, about an hour on that. That's about as long as I thought we'd take. You want some good content. There, you want to so. tell the people what uh, what we think our playoff playoff picks will be? Yeah, let's go through it. Uh, you want me to go first? Well, let's let's we'll go. We'll alternate. I'll go Pacific first. Okay. All right. So no, you know what? I'll just give you my eight. That's fine. Fine. Let's go. All right. So Pacific top three, and these are in order how I think they're going to finish. Uh, Edmonton one, Vegas two. We kind of talked about how close they were last year, uh, and then I got LA at three. So not not much, uh, not swaying from the norm there. But we'll go uh, Edmonton, Vegas, LA at the Central. Same as last season. I'm going Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. Uh, in that order. Actually, you know what? No, let's uh, – actually, I switched that. I actually went on Dallas first. So we're gonna oh, go yeah? To... You did. You put Dallas first? Yeah, so, okay. we're gonna, so we'll go We'll go Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota. Nice. And then uh, wild card is going to be Seattle. And, and Seattle's a team that I could easily see them moving up a spot or two as well. Um, Grubauer has a nice season too. Yeah. Then, then you never know. But uh, And then this is my kind of sneaky pick here. I love this. Vancouver, the Canucks. I love this. Buying into Rick Tockett and – We'll see. Like we talk about, their fans are not expecting much. So if they snuck in as a wild card too, that would be so much fun, man. Yeah. it's So, I mean, it's pretty chalk with the exception of uh, Vancouver there. But what do you got, Ryan? Yeah, like the, the Western Conference is like kind of chalk. Like I got Edmonton, Vegas, and Seattle as my 1-2-3 in the Pacific. I got uh, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota as my 1-2-3 in the Central. And then I got uh, L.A. as my wild card one. And man, I just gotta hype up. I'm hype up my Preds, man. Nashville is making the playoffs this year as wild card too. That's all Ryan O'Reilly does, just make the playoffs. Yeah. So except for when he's in Buffalo. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right, awesome. So that's gonna put a wrap on today's show. So that's uh, 
that's it for episode two. Thanks everybody for for tuning in. Uh, if uh, I know we went over it last episode, but the Twitter is now live. Uh, so if you guys want to follow us there, that's at Saber Spotlight. Uh, Ryan and myself will will put our Twitter accounts in the page. Uh, yeah, so you guys well, have it. Well, let's 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 tell the people right now where you can find us. Let's say my Twitter is uh, at RMC underscore one four nine two. Catch me on there. I think I have a Twitter addiction, so I'm just posting constantly. And where can they find you? What what's your what's yeah, your? Yeah, it's going to be at Matt Walsh PT. W-A-L-S-H. Uh, so, yeah, give us a follow on there. Check out the uh, the page for the the show. I, what I want to do here uh, between now and next show, I think we should probably get an email too. Next year? No, or next week? Next show. <laughs> Not next year. Between now and next show, let's get we'll get an email. We'll have that for you guys next time. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that way if people want to send in questions, hey, uh, uh, thoughts, feedback, whatever. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Let's get, let's get, let's push this out to more people. Um, I'm having so much fun through two episodes, man. This is oh, fantastic. it's gonna be a hell of a season. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. We we uh, we started this, and uh, I think it's gonna you know hopefully we continue to grow. And we thank everybody for listening. You know that obviously means the world to us. And uh, I mean it's eleven sixteen p.m. and we we started recording here at nine thirty. So we I mean there's a passion for this. Yeah, know, to, what a long this, episode, so. man. <laughs> I'm excited though. So it's gonna be a fun season, and hopefully you guys join us for the ride. But uh, with that being said, we'll hope to uh, see you next week for the Eastern Conference preview. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we're, the season's going to be here before we know it. So peace out, folks. Peace.